Welcome to the Revenue Marketing Report powered by CaliberMind. This is the podcast for B2B marketers trying to up-level to executive management. I am your host once again, Kamala Thompson, and I am joined by Monique Olin. Monique, welcome back. Why is your board not listening to you? So it took this from perspective of board, but really you could also probably think of this as maybe your CEO or depending on what your angle is, but um, I made a mini list as I thought about this. So um, a lot of it's, you know, some things in your own court, right? Um, pretty much all of it, but there is a, a tiny note I have at the end. Um, so first one kind of off the bat, uh, I, I think one of the biggest things to think about is, are you aligning to business goals and are you articulating ROI? Um, you know, we harked on this in the last conversations. Uh, if you as a marketing leader are not looking at how you are impacting business growth, the ultimate business objectives, and you're just hyper-focused in marketing space. Um, yeah, your your ability to get their attention, their, your ability to get them to care about what you're saying is, is going to go down the drain. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, please. So <laughs> when you're reporting to the board, don't change what you're reporting on every quarter. Have some tried and true metrics that you stick to so you can show trends, learn yeah. how to, like one thing that would get me is what the board's really looking for. They they know where you hit your number. That's probably covered by the CEO in the closed session. Fine. They want to know that you understand what that means for the business and how you're going to adjust and improve, which means you have to understand what positive impacts you're making and what's not working. And you need to speak to both of those and don't sugarcoat anything. That was a bit of a soapbox there. I'm sorry, but I was, the nodding just wasn't going to cut it for how much I agreed with that statement. No, I, I totally get you. That was one of my other points, I think, is this concept of being realistic and transparent. Mm, um, mm -hmm. I believe you had a podcast recently talking about something similar about the concept of hiding the ball. But um, yeah, you, you're role as a leader is to tell the whole story. Um, you shouldn't sugarcoat, as you mentioned, be realistic. Of course, there are some great wins that are going to happen. You need to also raise concerns around risks. Um, you need to raise, you know, if things didn't go great, but ultimately also being that solution driver. Um, you're right. Data exists and you can put it in a presentation deck and everyone can see the numbers and where they stand. Ultimately, what you say around those numbers matter, yes. right? cool. That's where the number's at. It was above or below. What does that mean? Ultimately, if you can make sure you're expressing what does that mean for the business, for the people in the room, contextualizing it to them, um, that's where you're going to get them to actually perk their ears up. If you're just spitting numbers continuously with no kind of understanding or context around what they mean for the business or how you're operating as a leader for the marketing team, um, you're not going to get a lot of ears. Yeah, I, I think the one caveat there, and I'm sure you're probably going to get to this in your list, but focus on the things you can control instead of pointing downstream. Yeah. Because chances are really high they're going to spot that on their own. So if you focus on what you can control, it, it speaks to maturity and also there's nothing much you can do about what other departments are doing, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I, I find that those should be things you should probably have conversations on uh, behind other doors before oh, yeah. getting in front of the board. If there's if there's room for needing to improve um, something outside of your space, 
100% be that solution person in the leadership team that supports the other departments in making improvement. Learn how to articulate that in a way that's not finger pointing. Um, right. But that's not what you bring to the table with the board. Right, right. Talk to that leader first. If yeah. that's not working, go to your CEO. If that's not working, then maybe look for a different job. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know, because you're um, not going to be able to change it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely, there's there's ways to get to there. Um, but uh, I, I think that kind of goes to my next point. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. I'm so it's excited. Okay. I jumped the gun. Oh, we are all over the map on these. And some of these like are ones that I, I didn't actually have on my list. Um, one thought I did have was on when you're presenting with the board, thinking about being not just short-term oriented or long-term oriented. So you mentioned this a little bit about not just pushing to the things that are down the pipeline or further down the road, but there is a fine balance between the short and long-term in your conversations. If you are skewed one way or the other, um, that's another reason that you might kind of lose some listening ears. Yes. Agreed. Now, truth. <laughs> truth. Um, <laughs> I think there's just a constant yin and yang balance, right? So we were talking about this being realistic with the yin and yang of uh, the wins, but also the the needs or the risks or the concerns and the opportunities and the, you know, challenges, the short-term, the long-term. I think a couple other things is how do you present with the board between data, but also the creative elements? I mean, mm -hmm. this is the space I love playing in is that that awkward line between being a creative and, and, and having that forward artistic vision, but also being data-driven. Um, the board does need to see both how you tell that story and figure out how do you balance between the two is important. Yes. Um, especially as we think about the value of brand, the brand message, the future of where marketing might be going in 2024, um, the skills that are needed in a marketing team. Uh, we still do have a lot of creative roles in our teams. We're not just data. Um, there's ways we get to where that data is, there's ways we create that pipeline and it involves creative aspects of the brand. And maybe we, we take a second to kind of give an example. Um, one that's popping to mind is a website redesign can be expensive. You might be challenged on that if you're in a small company. There are data points you can point to, like our conversion rates are X behind industry standard. Our bounce rates off the page are ridiculous. There's a lot of things you can do to point to data to justify that. But at the same time, I understand we're driving everyone to the website and that needs to be really, really good, but you can't stop doing all the other activities like in-person events, webinars, all that stuff to drive yeah. leads while you're doing that, right? Yeah. I mean, I, that brings me to actually a, a case example. So uh, one client we were working with, um, they were in the power gen space, but um, this a little while ago, but it was exactly that. We were working with the CEO, but in order to present to the board what we were trying to do, we were doing a brand refresh. Mm -hmm. The way we could get to that and understanding the value, but then also ultimately measuring the impact later is pre-planning that thought process, right? Mm -hmm. So we aligned on, you know, understanding a little bit better about what are the key value differences between them and the and their other competitors, 
getting that really understood and nuanced. And we did that through customer interviews, through actual data, through, you know, tribal knowledge, combining all of that to understand where the differentiators lie, knowing how they can stand out in a very saturated market. We leaned in on that from a brand positioning and messaging standpoint that led into an entire different shift in the way we presented the brand visually. Um, they got a little bit warmer, stood out from their competitors as being this more approachable brand because um, we ended up leaning in on their ability for customer service, even though it's a very price competitive space. And ultimately, we ended up rolling out a long, big picture term with some short-term gains that we reported on across the time with the board on how did we actually impact the revenue growth. Ultimately, we ended up with significant um, growth in uh, longevity of their customers. We actually ended up with loyalty that's not very common in their market. But wow. the way we did that is because we pre-planned where can we find data on things that are very creative at the front. Um, and that was how do we impact the change in the website? How do we impact even at the time where digital ads were significantly more powerful, but how do we even see shifts in our messaging at the different stages of our lead gen pipe, you know, into our pipeline? Um, and, and that also served into how are people perceiving us after they close? So I think that's a really important point there. When you're talking to a board about these were a lot of little minuscule things that were happening across about a six month period, very mm -hmm. detailed. A lot of things are very creative. Some things are metric driven later on getting that understanding of how to present that to the board from the beginning of why we're doing this updates in between, and then eventually getting to where the metrics are there in the pipeline and, and being able to envision that before getting into it is really, really a smart play for how do you keep them listening as you go through this journey over six months. And I love how you really prioritize setting expectations, which is probably also on your list. So I let you continue. 100%. I think I come back to just that word realistic again, right? Um, don't don't be real unrealistic about what's going to come out of something. Definitely set expectations. Also clarity on where things could, could go different ways. What are the potentials of different results? Um, that that understanding and and being able to express that when you're going through the what are we focusing on and what are we trying to do is is going to make a, a a lot more trust in in what they're hearing from you um that that kind of approach and especially when you're really having good months can pan out even better when you might actually be having a low performing month um that that trust build can have a a big difference and even when you do have maybe a, a less than an ideal month to report on or anything like that. Um, there's still trust in what your vision is. I'm having flashbacks to the time the CEO walked over to my CMO at the time and asked how much revenue we generated from the event that happened two weeks prior. And we had a six to nine month sales cycle. Yeah. I digress. Next. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation and a, and a, and a struggle there is, yeah, you should be really step in sync with the rest of your team leaders on where do you actually have impact in, and when. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that that sales cycle is such a huge one. Yes, um, I've been in that. I've been in that moment. Yeah. Yes, we just had a webinar. How many sales have we gotten off of that? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Remind me, what's what's our average time to close? Okay, how many days has it been? <laughs> Yeah. Usually they're yep. like, okay, well, I'll come back in 30 days and they come back next week. It's fine. It's fine. Exactly. There isn't trauma there. Yeah. But that's <laughs> a good point, right? Um, we are constantly struggling with this. I need to give it time to work. Uh, but then at the same time, I need to know when to pull the plug. 
Mm-hmm. And if you're not really clear about that from the beginning, look, this initiative here will take this long to get in action. We need at least this amount of time to get true metrics available against these things that we care about. These key five points or whatever they are, three points, two points of metric that we care about at this stage, we need to all agree and align on that that's the kind of time frame to get there. Absolutely. Um, that's and of course also as the leader make sure when you get to that time frame you're reporting it back yes yes close the loop that drives me crazy great point yeah um gosh i think we covered a lot here one that i wanted to keep uh at the forefront is if you want to keep your board members listening but also respecting you as an authority don't remove your ear from the ground is that the right terminology don't don't step away from being the person who knows what's going on. I, um, yeah. Yeah. I think that was the way to say it. Yeah, keep your pulse. ear to the ground. I think I said it in the reverse yeah. format. Keep your ear to the ground. Um, and I mean that from, you know, you have team members on your team to be experts in what they're doing. You mm-hmm. should have someone who knows social media at a depth that you won't know as a CMO, um, yeah. unless you just really fancy knowing that much. But, you know, you should have experts in team who are funneling that up to you, right? So you can constantly be that that source of truth for what's going on as a marketer in the marketing space. But not just that, you should also be very much in front of What's happening with your competitors? What's happening in your market? Are there new trends? Are there new entries? Is there a shift in their buying perspective or what they're doing to buy, what they care about? Um, Has anything else impacted how you might position yourself? Pre-understand that from whatever angle it is, whether it's from your internal SMEs, alignment with other leaders, make sure the whole leadership team is in sync and understanding those things and where they matter. And then bringing some of that insight to the board and in and, and contextualizing what you're doing and why you might want to move forward with certain things um, is really important. I think keeping them informed and aware of what's happening is 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 really helpful to put context around why you do what you do. Oh my goodness. So many things popped into my head. Everything from seeing market trends before the rest of the team. I mean, I'm sure the board is seeing some things and you're going to validate what they're seeing, but don't be afraid to say it. Um, the other piece of that though, speaking of burning equity, <laughs> the changes that are happening to email sender policies and how that impacts sales prospecting and protecting your domain health Email newsletters are a very different thing because hopefully you've been following opt-in policies and all of these things that our marketing automation platforms force us to do now. That's not the same when it comes to sales prospecting. And if you have Gmail, might be some time to consider burning some equity. That's a market trend you can't ignore. (laughs) Oh, exactly. Uh, No, that's definitely something that's been at the forefront of a few conversations. And um, it was interesting. I actually... uh, shout out to the marketing ops community too. Um, recently shared out one of their surveys of going through other marketing ops professionals and other teams and where they stand right now in their readiness against that change. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but let me guess, because this happened with GDPR. 5% are ready? <laughs> uh, I, think, I think we were somewhere between five. It might've been up to eight. It might've been an 8%. It, oh, is, I was, it is sad. I was almost kidding. You but... know, um, but oh. it's, it depends on what you were talking about too, because what they did at least in an intelligent way is broken down those who are actually already below the spam threshold and those who are not. 
Mm. Um, and that's actually just a really good understanding is if you, if you're, if you're not already thinking about this, you probably should be, it's, we have like what, um, less than a week. Um, but, uh, that's not what this podcast topic is about, but it is very important to be in front of that, right? You shouldn't be one week out to when this change is about to happen, bringing it to the forefront of your team. Um, definitely should be something that is, is aware across leadership, but yeah, the, the practices across marketing and sales are different and how they're going to react to this change is going to be different. Yeah. Being in lockstep, but being in front of that ahead of time. And I, I say that too, when it comes to like, gosh, we're still talking about the cookie apocalypse. Um, and I'm like, all right guys, it's been delayed. How many years now? We should, we should all feel pretty ready. But again, I think if you go out there and pull most people, a lot of lack of readiness for changes that are happening with that, I think this year, I, th- yeah. I think they're going to stick to it They've this year. <laughs> finally committed enough that I'm fairly confident, but we'll yeah. see. Yes, this email thing is going to put a lot of egg on people's faces if it does what we think it's going to do. Because it's not just that salesperson or just that rogue marketer. It is everyone in your company that gets shut off. Oh, yeah. So think about it. Maybe do something. <laughs> maybe do something (laughs) well I really went off track on that one do you have anything else you'd like to bring up before we wrap up this session um I mean just you know on this point we we highlight all the things that you need to do and you need to make sure you're doing better and along alignment with your leadership it's different when you're talking to a board versus maybe you have a particular CEO or founder who has a very strong mindset on certain things with a board you have multiple members There may be a circumstance, though, where you get into a situation where they just don't want to listen to a particular topic or space that you're speaking into. Um, The best you can do is figure out how to contextualize it, make sure it makes sense to why it matters to the business. Um, And I mean, one of the other things I live by other than relentless prioritization is uh, communicate, communicate, just communicate. making people aware is, is so critical. Um, having it as something that's been shared and not just something they're like, oh, they didn't want to hear it that one time. Um, if it is important to the business and its growth, you, you're just going to have to find your way to keep that as a relevant point. What are you doing to work best against it? Even if they're not paying close enough attention to it themselves. That makes sense. Seems really relevant to what we were just talking about too. Yes. It, it yeah. made total sense <laughs> to me. I was just having flashbacks. It's fine. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming back. Can you tell us where people can find you to network? Yeah, um, probably best pace is going to find me on LinkedIn. Uh, Just look for Monique Olin. Um, I think I'm the only one out there. Pretty unique name. Um, But yeah, just look for Monique Olin. It does say, I believe, marketing growth uh, leader uh, and fractional CMO on my details. So feel free to connect. And we will be posting that link in the show notes. And in the article. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to the Revenue Marketing Report. Please tell two friends, subscribe, download, whatever you can helps. And for those of you looking for more great content like this, check out calibervine.com.